Good morning. Welcome to YPC and happy Sunday to you. We're going to sing a great praise song to start out with. Let's all stand and sing our first song together this morning. Lord, we ask that you open our eyes to your goodness and your grace. That we can see you high and lifted up today. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Open my eyes. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. See you highly lifted. Shining in the light of your glory. Lord, pour out your power in love, and we sing, holy, holy, holy. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to Open my eyes of my heart. Open my eyes. Open my eyes. I want to see you. I want to see you. See you high and lifted up, shining in the light of your glory. Lord, pour out your power and love. Power and love, and we sing, holy, 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 right here and uh, but before I do that I just want to draw your attention you may notice that we've we have some new faces up here uh, in the band and it's gonna look like that all summer we're gonna have different configurations you know the uh, the choir takes the summer off the bells take the summer off but uh, the band we wouldn't even have a service if the band wasn't here so I want to thank all of you those of you that are out here those are not here today Now let us pray together. Lord, we do ask that you open our eyes and that you open our hearts as well, that you enable us to worship you as you deserve. Let our hearts pour forth with thanksgiving and praise. Lord, let us enter into that special place where you dwell. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you are here now. Help us to let go of all those other things, those worries, 
those to-do lists, the next thing that's coming up right after this, all of those things, and let us truly worship you with all of our hearts, with all of our mind, and all of our strength. Welcome to the 11th Sunday in Ordinary Time, or on Mike's alternative summer celebration liturgical calendar, the Sunday of Maple Helicopter Whirlybirds. You're familiar with that, right? It, it comes just after a couple of other Sundays in the liturgical calendar, the alternative calendar, called um, Ants Indoors Sunday and um, Cottonwood Snow Sunday. Not not big fan of that one, huh, Stephen? But, and there will be others coming, you know, uh, Farmer's Market Sunday and uh, Firefly Sunday. That's always a big one uh, I'm looking forward to. Um, summer, it's great. It's wonderful to have you here today. Um, we just elected some new elders and deacons right in between the services. Uh, that's terrific. Um, if, if you just got elected, would you stand up so people can maybe see you do that? All right. There we are. Excellent. Very good. We, we would be in sorrowful trouble here uh, without the leaders of our congregation. So uh, it's wonderful for folks to take on that responsibility. And um, now let me do this one more time. If you are a retiring elder or deacon, if you would stand right now, if you've fulfilled your three years of service, there's some wonderful folks as well. Yes. All right. 
Thank you. Okay. Now, next Saturday, it's Saturday right out here, front of the church, the YF Car Wash. It's an annual wonderful event. Helps them earn money so they can go on their work trip. Just bring your dirty car. Bring your clean car. It'll be fine. Bring your neighbor's cars. Just bring them right out here. They'll be ready for them. Right, Mark? How many cars can you handle? Oh, there you go. Okay, so they could bring one of those car-carrying truck thingies. Bring that in here. Bring a bicycle. Oh, I like that. Okay, good. Next Saturday. And then notice also coming up, uh, in the weeks ahead, there's this unique theater hike thing that we're trying as a fellowship event, theater hike at Morton Arboretum, June 28th. And then the church picnic, July 12th, at a new venue for us, the Salt Creek Park, which is more on the north end of town than we normally uh, gather at. July the 12th, 12.30, church picnic. You'll be hearing more about, about that coming up shortly. And then um, you see in the bulletin that we are going to receive new members, Stephanie and Robert Roan. They tried to fake me out by coming to the first service, but they still became members anyway. So that has already happened, and we celebrate that, and we'll be giving thanks for that shortly. By the way, they're adding diversity to our congregation. If you've met Stephanie and Bob, Bob's really, really tall. So <laughs> I'm just, I'm just going to leave that like that. Every once in a while, we send out... Um, members of our congregation to be our hands and feet working in the world. Uh, we've gone, we've sent our youth go out every summer all over the United States. We've sent adults to Mexico, to Mississippi, and a couple times now to Iowa. And um, we have a group of folks here that are going to report about their latest Iowa trip. You might have thought, Iowa, is there something wrong with Iowa? Yeah, it was like a year ago, remember? Flooding. It's still there. It's still nasty. A lot of people still are having a hard time getting back into their homes. We sent a group a few weeks ago. And uh, we're going to preface this thing with a little video, I think, this time. Is it ready to go? Here we are. This song says, uh, no matter who you are, no matter where you go in your life, at some point you're going to need somebody to stand by you.
John Kane was the leader of this trip, and I think he has some wonderful nicknames for you. <laughs> well, thanks to the Rhymes for a great job on the picture and music. I came up great. Uh, I really would encourage each of you to have any interest in coming to speak with the individual team members. Everybody's wearing blue shirts today and reason to pick out. Uh, my toughest job as leader of this group is actually to pull people off the work site. Uh, this team worked extremely hard. Lots of hours, and uh, you know, a couple of nights ahead, I kind of said, "All right, we're done. We need to go before somebody gets hurt because they just can't work it and work and work." As Mike said, lots of damage in Iowa. Uh, worst flood in 60 years. Still, many people out of homes. Uh, more than six billion dollars in damages. 6,500 jobs lost. There's still a lot going on. Right? So, general fatigue, I would say, has set in, and our team, I think, was able to inject some enthusiasm into the, into the folks we met. So. Uh, we saw some criminal there. With every work crew, everybody has to have a nickname. So I'm going to go ahead and introduce the team um, with nicknames that I've created for them, which they don't know. So a slight fear I sense is set over the people. Lou, if you'd stand up and Lou and call your name so everyone can see you, that would be great. Uh, Gordon the Axe Snyder. <laughs> and please do, please do ask folks about their names. There's a story to tell in every one of these, I can promise you. Tom, I don't think it's seven feet high, Porcher. <laughs> Barb, you can't break me, Jones. <laughs> Jane was in the first service. Jane, why aren't you jumping up and down, Saranga? Jane did a lot of the sheetrock work and did a great job and, and was very excited one night about the sheetrock. You know, said, isn't this great? And I said, yeah, it's great. And she said, is that it? Is that it? Is that all you can say? And I said, what? it's great. She goes, why aren't you jumping up and down? So the rest of the week, I jumped up and down. Uh, Cindy, I can't stop raking hurting. <laughs> Cindy was one of the people I had to pull off, actually, at the site. Joni, uh, let me work the saw orchard. Joni and Margaret had a very powerful saw. I don't even know what it's called, to be honest, but they worked with that most of the week. Uh, Kim, better see you in church on Sunday, Lavenka. <laughs> Another Kim, I want to be a Celtics fan, Ryman. Margaret, queen of baseboard, Schaefer. Uh, Janet, do I have to work with Jane again, Cox? Sorry. You guys are a great team, but I know you were thinking it. <clears throat> and Greg, yes, John, you are a snorer, Pratikara. Greg broke the bad news to me. Our rookie, our newest attendee, Chris, what have I done, Protal? <clears throat> Thank you, Chris. And uh, Pete and Susan, we love sandbags, Eddington. Our first job was to move about a thousand or so sandbags, about 50 feet, cut them and open them in the pouring rain. So that was uh, that was Saturday. So we were really tired. Uh, that's why I've got the microphone. <laughs> well, thank you for everybody. Thank you for mission support. It was a great uh, trip. I thought we brought back everybody at least alive. Some a little nicked, but. Uh, the team did a great job. Thanks for your support. Thank you, Jim. Children of the congregation, would you come forward while our ushers are um, taking the offering? We'll have the kids come forward. 
We're going to gather over here. All right. Why don't we gather over in this corner right here? Okay. I said it was Whirly Bird Sunday. You guys, have you ever seen these before? You got some of these laying around in your house, maybe? I've seen those. You know what they're called? Helicopters. Helicopters. I thought that we, when I count to three, we like all throw them up in the air and watch them helicopter. What do you think? I'm going to give you a little bit. Everybody's going to get a few. Here we go. Have some. Remember, we're going to wait till. Do you throw them at your house too? All right. You're a woman after my own heart. Here we go. Everybody get some, and we're going to heave them. Okay, right? Wait till I get there. Are you ready? And we're going to. Okay. Uh, I only got a couple myself. I tell you what, I'll give you. Now you got three, and I got two. How's that? You ready? On three, we're going to throw them straight up. We're going to see what happens, all right? One, two, three. Woo! Oh, that's great, you guys. Oh, that one's still going. Look at that. Okay, you can have a seat right there with them. Okay, now, what are those things? They're, they're whirly helicopter things, but what are they? What do they do? They twirl, that's right, but... Is that all they are? What are they? Yes. They're seeds. So you mean if, why don't we leave a couple, of, so if, if, if this seed, this is a seed, so what, what is it a seed of? What will it grow into? A tree? So if I, right here in the carpet, if I leave it there, it's going to grow into a tree? No. It need, what's it need? What's, what's it need? It needs water? I got water. I got some water. Leave that seed right there. Let me, let me put some water on that guy. Let's put him there. No. If I water it, it'll grow into a tree right here. That's what you told me. It needed water. Sunlight. I can make that happen. Here. All right. It's got sunlight. And we got, and we need what? Soil. Oh, we need like dirt and stuff? Well, you guys are in luck because look, I got dirt. Here we go. I just happen to have some fine dirt right here. So now what do I do? Okay, I have dirt here. So... So if I have the seed here and I water it and I give it sunlight and I put the dirt right here, it's going to grow, right? Oh, I have to put it in the dirt? Oh, okay. There. So I can't just let it stay here on the carpet. I put it in the dirt. So give me one. Oh, you brought one. Okay, great. So I'm going to, I need like a digging tool. I got one of those right here. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dig a little hole right here. Are you ready? And then I'm going to put it in there, close it up. All right. Now, how long is this going to take? Will we, a couple minutes? What's it going to turn into? I forgot. A tree? This? That little teeny thing is going to be a tree? That's just like, there's nothing there. So if I'm just patient, now it's just going to grow into a tree all by itself? Oh, the water. I forgot about that. Where did I put that? Water. All right, let's get our watering thing out, and, I, and I'll water it, okay. All right, good. Okay, I'm going to put that right there. Okay, so we watered it, and I have to water it for 40 days? This sounds biblical. Uh, all right. I have to wait for 40 days, and then it'll be like a tree? Really? Like a big, big tree in 40 days? Might take... You think it's going to take longer, Jackie? No. You do? What How long do you think? 100 days. How long? Five years and it'll be a pretty... How tall do you think it'll be in five years? Ten feet high? Maybe. See, look at these things. From the, there they are from the tiniest beginnings. And then uh, after that, we, we wait a little while and it gets a little bigger maybe. Um, right. But So 40 days, 100 days, five years. So all I got to do is put it in this dirt and then water it and, and wait. So like this, I got this golf ball. If I put it in the dirt, am I right on this? If I like dig a hole in the dirt here and I put this in and I put the dirt on top like that and then I, then I water the dirt, water my golf ball, 40 days it'll be a, a big tree, right? What? I did the same thing. I put it... It'll turn into a golf ball tree? No. Yes! It's not going to turn into a tree at all, huh? 
How come? It's not a seed. So only maple seeds make maple trees, right? Right. Okay. Well, that's pretty interesting. You know, I wonder if we can look up here. If we got a Nick slide or two as these, look how tiny they are when they start out. You guys have them in your hands. Are we able to do that? There we go. Look, see, there's one that just grew out of the ground. It's still sticking to its little shell there. Now it's going to keep going. In a, that might be, that's probably at least five years, I'm guessing. Now let's look and see what happens. Look at that. Whoa. You think that's six years? Okay. Okay, we'll leave it right there for a second. You know what? In my yard, right next, you know what? Did you guys know that I live right next to the church? Right next to the church building? I do. I live right there. And right in the side yard between the driveway, when you go out of the uh, church over here, and our, in our driveway, there is a maple tree. And a, and a pastor, one of the first pastors of the church here, Pastor Lester Dakin, planted a little maple tree there. It was littler than, than you are when he planted it. And, he, and then he retired, and he went away for 20 years. And you know what? He never came, he never came in that 20 years at ever and watered that tree. You know what? And guess what? I've been here for 17 years, and I've never watered that tree. How big do you think that tree is? Oh, big. It's taller than our house. That little thing that started like this is taller than our house, and I didn't have anything to do with it. It did it all by itself. You know what? That's what God says that faith is like. Our faith comes to us like a little seed that's given to us by God. We can't give it to ourselves, and we can't make it grow in ourselves. It grows like a tree that starts out really tiny, and God grows it and grows it and grows it just like faith grows inside of us, and it gets bigger all the time. So that as your faith grows, you're able to do things. You grow as well in your faith. How do you know if your faith is growing? How many of you guys have ever been afraid of the dark? Yeah, I've been. You know as I grow in my, and I know that God loves me and he protects me, I, start, I stop after a while being afraid of the dark. And I stop being afraid about some other things that God might call me to do that seem hard. And then I realize, golly God, with your power, we can do this thing. And then it makes us not be afraid. That's one of the wonderful things that happens when our faith grows. And, and it starts out really tiny like that and becomes a really big tree. And, and it, the same thing happens with our faith. And we can go to this last slide until God turns us into something really, really beautiful. There, see? A maple tree in the fall. Isn't that pretty nice? That's what God wants to do with all of you. That faith has started as a little seed and he's turning you little by little without you being able to do much about it at all into something big and beautiful. Want to pray with me? Let's do that. Loving God, we thank you for the tiny seeds of faith that you plant in us and that you continue that faith growing inside each of us all the time. Just like trees growing when we have nothing to do with them, you still have much to do with us, always working inside us growing us into the people you call us to be. And all God's people shout, Amen! All right. Sure. Oh, yeah. Rain would be good. Well, continuing with that theme... We're going to read a couple of parables of Jesus today, and they're actually those parables. Parables are kind of like little seeds themselves, just little little seeds that Jesus would tell the folks that would come to hear him, little seeds that he knew if they had receptive hearts would, would find a place in them and grow into a great faith. Before I read them, though, let's... Let's ask God to send his Holy Spirit into the reading. Loving God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we ask indeed that your word for us today might enter into our hearts and grow 
and grow and grow. Amen. So Jesus spoke to the people. He also said, the kingdom of God is as if someone would scatter seed on the ground and would sleep and rise night and day and the seed would sprout and grow. He does not know how. The earth produces of itself. First the stock, then the head, then the full grain in the head. But when the grain is ripe at once, he goes in with his sickle because the harvest has come. Jesus also said, with what can we compare the kingdom of God? Or what parable will we use for it? It's like a mustard seed which, when sown upon the ground, is the smallest of all the seeds on the earth. It's like a mustard seed that when it's sown, it grows up and becomes then the greatest of all shrubs and puts forth large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. With many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. He did not speak to them except in parables, but he explained everything in private to his disciples. This is the word of the Lord. following along with our children's lesson there. You, you can't force the kingdom of God to happen. You can't threaten it into existence. You can't cajole or motivate to cheer it on or to worry it into existence or worry it one step further along. Just like you can't worry a tree to get taller. On the other hand, you can't stop the kingdom either. It's a force of nature, growing up, spreading out, putting down roots. It's like kudzu. You guys been in the south? Kudzu is this green stuff. It just like takes over. The Eddingtons are going to have to deal with that when they go to Atlanta. It's, you come out and it's taking over your, your yard every day. It's like our house next door at the manse. We, we, uh, we have this wonderful stuff, ivy. You guys got any ivy on your houses? Wow, this has been the year for ivy. It just started out, you know, and it kind of climbed up the brick face there, and then it just shot across the windows, just like in a couple days, across the window, which is kind of different. You know, you have this kind of green light coming into your house, and then it just shot up from the first floor to the second, crossed the windows there, so we have green light at every level. And then it just went clear up over the soffits and into the gutters. This giant green stuff engulfing us like the blob. I had to get up and I had to get up and do some serious cutting down there. Jesus uses these wonderful little story pictures, these parables about things that grow um, to help us understand what the kingdom is like. This sort of relentless growing, this relentless movement of God. It's all grace, this irrepressible movement within us, within the church of God. Unstoppable, relentless grace of God. You can't cajole it, you know, like you might try a person, you know. You might say, tell you what, grow up quickly and um, put a really nice hammock in your branches. Yeah, it'll be a good thing. What do you think? Um, you can't motivate a tree. Trees don't motivate, I don't think. Paul Ryman, yesterday, we're having band practice here, and Paul comes up to me, and he says, you know, you had a first service, you got a Holy Communion, and you're preaching, that's enough right there. And then we got this, we have this uh, congregational meeting in between the services. There is no way that second service is going to start on time. I took that as a motivator. <laughs> and... We, there, I think there were actually people in the congregational meeting trying to make that happen. So, Because I told them that I thought I heard Paul say that if we actually did start on time, that he would make me breakfast this week. Did, didn't you say something about that? You missed that part? <laughs> I, I was pretty sure about it. It's okay. um, yeah, it was like breakfast and then you were going to take me out. Okay. Maybe not. Maybe not. But see, that motivated me. Get that sermon over. Get that service done. Get up here. Paul's going to make breakfast. Paul's going to make breakfast. But that doesn't work with a tree. How are you going to motivate a tree? Oh, my little buddy. Hey. Hey. 
Grow quickly. We'll get the finest, coolest birds to hang in your branches. I don't think it's having a lot of effect. I don't see any movement there. Nothing's going on. You can't motivate a tree. You can't threaten it either, right? Sometimes that, that gets people going. But you can't threaten a tree. Hey, grow! Grow right now, I'm digging you up, and I'm going to put an acorn in there. I'm going to grow an oak tree instead of a maple. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Threatening doesn't work. Now, you guys are kind of laughing here, but imagine how people were laughing when Jesus told this story. Because they were, you know, they lived closer to the land than we did. You know, we grew a couple of tomatoes and stuff. That's like, they lived close to the land. So when he tells this story, it's so upside down. And we'll get to that kind of the really upside down stuff here in a little bit. Um, you know, you, of how the kingdom of God works compared to how our world works. You know, I'm kind of an encourager. That's kind of what I would like to do. I'm kind of like this cheerleader. I like to encourage things. But, but you know, you know, threatening doesn't work. So, you know, Bill's a teacher. Bill, like, it's better to encourage, isn't it? Motivate by, you know, give me a G. Give me an R. Give me an O. Give me a W. What's it spelled? Grow. 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 Nothing. This is an unmotivated by encouragement seed. I can't threaten it. I can't encourage it. Nothing is making this seed grow. Come on. Now, what we often do is we worry, right? We think that we can make things improve by worrying over them. Oh, and I have come to think of it. When you get down there, oh, how's it going, buddy? Hey, I was kind of worried about you. You don't seem to be growing. Could you, could, what can I do? I mean, really, how can I help you? Doesn't seem to be, have a lot of effect here. Okay. My worry is not helping that thing grow at all, is it? But you know what? We do that. We worry about stuff all the time. We think, but can you worry yourself into the Christian faith or your growth? But we're like that. Oh, oh, that reminds me. I'm worried. You know, some of you guys might be as clumsy as me, and, and you might come in here, at, or you might be around this thing, and you might knock it over, and that wouldn't be good. So I'm going to put a little safety light on here because it needs stay away. That just means, like, don't bump into that and spill that thing. You know, security, worry. I'm sure that's going to help it grow a lot faster, right? You're not buying that. You know what we could do, though? We could do what is the American way. We should throw some money at it. That's guaranteed to work. I got some money. I got some money here. All right. Uh, here, buddy. Got like, a, got like a dollar for you. I'll put it in here. You go. If you need it, you know, if you need something, there you go. Oh, what are you saying? I'm cheap? Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> Here's a 10. I'll put this baby in here. Come on. You know, if you need something, anything, go to Ace. Go over there. Somebody in first service said credit card. Okay, so I'm going to do that. I'm doing that. Okay, here, look. If you need anything in your entire life, it's a little tree. Here's my credit card, you know. Just do it. You're good. Okay. Nothing's happening. We're laughing. I've thrown money at it. But it's not growing as a tree, is it? That has absolutely no motivation. Henry Cloud, I think it was Henry Cloud, it might have been somebody else, he said, uh, you know, I can tell if somebody is a Christian or not. He was mentioning this to some friend, and the friend goes, really? How do you do that? He said, well, I just ask them. He goes, yeah, I ask them if they're a Christian. And if they say, I'm trying to be one, I know that person is not a Christian. They say, I'm trying 
to be one. I'm not a Christian. Were you ready for that? You know, because becoming a Christian has nothing at all to do with trying. It's all grace. It's all a gift. No amount of personal effort is going to get you into the kingdom or further the kingdom. It's Christ's death on the cross for you and me. That's all. No worry. No work. No trying. is going to change that. You can't become a Christian no matter how much you try. It's all grace. If the seed of faith is planted in you by God, it's planted. You had nothing to do with that. God did that. If you think that you can make yourself be a Christian, you know, that's, that has about as much efficacy as, as if you, know, you think that this golf ball is going to actually grow. This is hard for us, isn't it? Because the world works totally, completely the other way. Normally when somebody says, I'm trying as hard as I can. I'm giving it my best shot. What do we say? We say, awesome. That's all we can ask. That's just great. But, Effort, by no amount of effort, can you become a Christian. When somebody says that they're trying to become a Christian, we have to say, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. You just don't get it. You don't understand. There are no dues that you can pay to become a Christian. There aren't any. You know, all this. But we like to do that. Doesn't matter. No dues. Uh oh, somebody's gonna get rich here. No dues that you can pay. And and that's true in the church as well. Or in prayer. You know, you if we think that somehow that, you know, like coming to worship or even praying by doing that kind of work, that 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 helps us become a Christian, we've totally missed it. If we, if we worship out of obligation or we pray out of obligation, if it's, if it's just like a to-do list that we check off, you know, it doesn't really matter if you pray 20 minutes or 50,000 hours. No effect at all. We worship, we pray as a response to what God has already done in us. But they have no power to make us into anything. They have no value at all to make us a Christian. Isn't that so crazy from, from the way the world normally works? Because, you know, if you're going to build a business or even a church and you want it to be successful, it takes a lot of hard work. It takes a lot of planning and a lot of strategy. A lot. But not to be a Christian. The kingdom of God is so different. We have nothing to do with that. God has everything to do with that. He plants, He waters, He grows. We can't force that issue. All we can do is let that seed grow. It's all of God's grace and God's time, which is wonderful. Isn't it nice, if you look at this from another way, that, wow, this is the one area that I can maybe let go and let God sort of be in charge. God is the planting and the watering and the growing. All I can do is receive and allow that growth to happen. And it's going to happen. 
those little tiny beginnings, you know, God doesn't leave it there. God's relentless in, in wanting that little seed to grow and to grow and to grow. And who knows, from our own imaginations, what God has yet in store for you, what God wants you to become, what great, beautiful tree that God wants your life to be. But you can't make it that way. You can't make yourself believe. You can't make yourself have faith. That's God's gift. And we thank God for it. Would you pray with me? Lord of the universe, it's really hard for us to to get this. We get it for a little bit and then we let it go. Because we work at everything else, every single thing, to improve our lives, to improve our families. We work and work, and yet there's nothing we can do to finally heal that brokenness inside us on our own. That's your work. It's your seed that has to be planted. Loving God. As you've planted in us, so let us receive. Let us rejoice and give thanks for that, for that little voice of faith, for that new beginning. And we wait with great patience and with the sure knowledge that you are not done with us yet. Loving God, let your grace flow down on each of us. Amen.
I have a couple of joys and several concerns here this morning. Uh, the joy that uh, Bob and Stephanie Roon are now uh, official members of our church family, and we uh, welcome them into our membership. Uh, further tests reveal that John Brown does not have bone cancer. However, his hip is still not healing properly, so there, there's also concern there. Other concerns, um, Jenny, many of you will remember uh, Jenny Reichert, who was a former office assistant. Uh, her parents were in a motorcycle accident, and her father died last week. Uh, continue prayers for the family, especially her mother, who is still uh, ill in the hospital. Um, Lucy Pillinger has been diagnosed with uterine cancer and is scheduled for surgery on June 27th. And uh, Kim Levenka is having bunion surgery. I think he told me it was Tuesday. But anyway, it's this week sometime. Uh, our son, Ted, uh, has a one and a half, one and a quarter inch kidney stone and a blood infection, uh, and so prayers for him. The doctors still don't know how they're going to deal with the kidney stone. Let us pray. Gracious God, hear our prayers. We come with grateful hearts for all your blessings, the ones we recognize and the ones we don't. Open our hearts and our minds to your presence in our lives, in the people we live with, in the people we meet, and in the routine of daily living. We give thanks for the opportunity to gather together as your people, and we lift up in prayer those who are unable to worship with the community of faith, whether it be because of illness or work or lack of desire that keeps them away. We give thanks this day for sunshine and rain and love and laughter, family and friends, and tears of joy and sorrow. We rejoice with all those who are graduating this spring. Guide them as they make their decisions as to what they are to do next. May they grow in knowledge and skills and in their faith as they walk into the future. We pray for peace, for peace in our world, our communities, and our homes, for communication among nations as well as between persons, for understanding among peoples of all races and creeds, for love instead of hate. May those in leadership put aside the need for power and authority and work for the good of all. And we rejoice in our new members, Bob and Stephanie Roan, and the John Brown does not have cancer. And now this day we bring you the concerns that are close to our hearts. We lift up in prayer all those confined in the hospital, nursing homes, in their own homes. We pray for Rich Hilbert, Bill Bates, Arlene Hertig, Renee Sinclair, Helen Heflin, Gloria Mundell, Art Schroeder, Marge Engstrom, and Mary Alice Drain. May they know that you are there with them and grant them the peace of your presence. We pray for those who wait for the results of a test or an interview, for the doctor to decide what is the best way to proceed for the next round of chemo. Waiting can be hard. May they know your peace as they wait. We pray for Lucy and John Brown and Ted. For those who face the challenge of the long-term illnesses and ongoing strength, we ask for your strength to sustain them when the going gets tough. And we pray for Lynn Borland and Lynn Knuckleburn, David Stoll, Lanny Allen's sister Sharon, Cindy Allen's stepmother Lorraine Bradshaw, Marge Bremer, Anita Walker, George Renzes, John Brown, Gordon Crombie, Casey Graham, Daniel Suits, Carol Spittler, Beth Fries Dahmers, Kristen Sterling, and Ted Schomburg, Jr. And then we lift up in prayer all those who grieve the loss of a loved one, and especially this morning for Jenny Reichert and her family. Comfort them with your love and your presence. And now in a moment of silence, we pray for the joys and concerns that have not been spoken, but remain in our hearts this day. 
God of grace, we know that we have failed to love you with all our hearts, soul, and mind, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. We ignore your commandments, stray from your way, and follow other gods of power, wealth, and security. Forgive us and help us to be more faithful in the days of the years to come. We do pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, who taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the power and the kingdom forever. Amen. you to this, the table of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus tells the people, he says, the kingdom of God is a mystery. You don't understand it any more than you understand how a seed becomes a tree. And this is indeed a mystery that we celebrate today. From a small act 2,000 years ago in an upper room to a meal that has sustained God's people now for these 20 centuries, fed them in their spirits in ways that they have never been able to finally understand and yet feed them it has. This is our food, the food of hope, the food of thanksgiving, the food of joy. When you come to this table, know that you don't come alone. Sure, you walk down these aisles with those beside you in the pews. You have that sense of being a part of this thing larger than you, this body of Christ, but it's a body that extends beyond this room. But like that ivy, like that kudzu, it extends all over this globe. And it extends back and forth through time as well. You're connected with all the believers who've ever eaten at this table and ever will until the day that we share it together in heaven with our Lord and Savior. Dip your heart in the stream 
dream of life let the pain and the sorrow be washed away in the ways of his mercy as deep rise up to stand and sing our last song together today. God's grace lives with each one of us every single day, and that grace is enough. Two, three, four. from the tiniest of beginnings. 2,000 years ago, 12 ordinary, very ordinary guys were gathered up by the Holy Spirit, by the grace of God, and the whole world now has heard of the goodness of the gospel. They didn't do that. That was God's grace in them. About 250 years ago, a little voice spoke in, into the heart of a man named John Woolman. He was a Quaker. And in his heart, it said, John, sh Christians shouldn't have slaves. And before the American Revolution, no Quaker in America had slaves. 
A few decades ago, a little voice spoke to a very tiny little woman in a little tiny town in Albania. And she said, who am I? And today we call her Mother Teresa. It starts from the tiniest of beginnings, little voices in our hearts, God growing the faith, the kingdom inside of us. Let that tiny seed grow and go from this place knowing that God is not going to leave you alone. God is not done with you yet. The love of God, the grace of our Lord Christ, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit go with you now and always. Amen.